0: nintendo stuff welcome to the nintendo stuff podcast episode 59 my name is brandon miracle joined by logan welliver it's me
1: again i can't believe i'm here again thanks for having me on
0: yeah you you every episode you you drive for like two hours to get here and then we set up um he drives two hours from his room across the hall (laughs)
1: Brandon always plans to do these alone, and I, at the last minute, every time without fail, he goes, "You know what? I actually feel like I need a co-host. Do you wanna? Do you wanna help me out?" And I'm like, "Brandon, why don't you just ask me to join the Breaker Arcade?"
0: Yeah, you think <laughs> I'd do that by now? <laughs> You know, there's three faces on the logo, and then there's one that looks awfully like yours, but I really don't know who that's who that is.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, Maybe. we can just
0: like get rid of that guy and then pretend he's you.
1: I'm okay with that. I I'm down with that. I'm down with a coup. This Santi <laughs>
0: says someday Logan will be a member.
1: Maybe someday. Yeah, we'll someday. See.
0: <laughs> so uh, lots to talk about Sorry we've been absent for a little bit We're going through some uh, personal life changes here Me specifically um, With a new job
1: uh, I was about uh, to say, did you get married?
0: A few years ago <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: It's a long adjustment period <laughs> Yeah,
0: long honeymoon um, Yeah, it's been a little difficult for me I'm incredibly tired right now Just because like my schedule isn't consistent The way it used to be anymore So uh-huh. I'm just kind of getting used to that um but always happy to do the show. I'm glad we're doing it cuz Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's been a while. Um that's really the main thing that's been kind of keeping us out, but we're here now and kind of in I'm in the the motion of things at work, so this shouldn't be a problem anymore.
1: Yeah, that's always it's always more fun to go to a job where you actually feel like I don't know, you have a handle on things and that's really hard to hard to do with literally any job like, you know, for the, at least the first few days.
0: Yeah. And this is the first time I've ever really been a, a manager. Like on my very first day I was presented with some actual things that they wanted me to manage, manage. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> we need mandates on certain things. And I'm like, uh,
1: okay. All right. those things, do things it. I have to do. You know, I always love like, it's something you learn as you like, you get out of the world and you start to get more jobs, especially when they're a little more specialized, you know, AV or video specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what we have experience in. Um, But like, there's always going to be things on a job that you either don't know or you don't anticipate. Um, But one thing I've learned is that if you just do it, you eventually learn it and then all the anxiety goes away and it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. I'm at day five here at my new job and honestly I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Today it was nice and easy. You know, I got the things that I needed to get done done, and now we're just preparing for our big city event, Straw and State here this weekend, um, which has any uh, has attendance like exceeding seventy five thousand people just in the downtown area of mm-hmm. our city. Uh, so that's always exciting, and I'm just excited to kind of be in a new part of that. Uh, but this is a Nintendo podcast, so is it? we're gonna shift gears over that way. Switch gears, you Re- mean? oh, did you miss
1: it? I can't believe you. I am
0: so sorry. I'm you you are just that tired, aren't you? I think I need to retire from the break room arcade now. <laughs> <laughs> you just take my you membership card. You can't even
1: card. make the most basic puns, man. Hey, I make great
0: puns, and whenever well, I well, nah, no, that's not
1: a pun, I guess it's when i
0: whenever i like Regardless. reply to andre over a game explain you know he's the pun king so like i always try to make sure that my replies have some kind of pun involved yeah and uh i think that's been going pretty well for me <laughs> uh, that said over the last couple of weeks not a lot of major things but there are a few important things that have happened um, and why don't we just do this chronologically we've got sonic here over on the side uh And for those of you who haven't been in the know, Sonic has a movie coming out next year. Originally scheduled for this month, actually. It was going to come out in November of this year, but it got delayed.
1: Thank God. Thank
0: God, because Sonic's design was (laughs) ugly. (laughs) And uh, we we finally got a chance to look at his new design. And Logan, I'll just kind of field your response.
1: Yeah. uh, Really, what I can say is that, like, when I first saw the first trailer with... uh, Less than amazing Less than ideal Sonic Less than ideal Sonic I was not feeling very confident Because I mean It's another video game movie Like they have a track record of just screwing All these movies up And it wasn't until like at least I would say like Detective Pikachu Is like the first good
0: It's kind of interesting that we have these two characters here I was going to say that because Detective um, Pikachu was like Right there when this movie Was being revealed and like Detective Pikachu became the standard for what a video game. Yeah, movie should like be.
1: again, like it wasn't like an incredible, like groundbreaking film. It was just a good film. It was fun. Uh, it was well written, and I didn't hate myself after watching it. It stayed
0: true to the source material while also doing its own thing. It found that middle ground, and that's something that the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, Was kind of lacking in that first reveal At least in his design
1: Yeah for sure So like I think there are other like misgivings About the film that still exist Oh yeah I have mine Um, But like now that the design Is actually Like it resembles Sonic right I mean even down to like like the shoes, you know, and a few yeah. other like things, like like oh, and he's got gloves now, thank mm. God. Uh, and you know, he they didn't exactly do the connected eyes, but the way that they designed the, like the nose With, like, the and white the fur. Well, and it's yeah, the specifically like his kind of face fur that kind of comes up, you know, and so it kind of bridges that and gives it that natural look, uh, while still having two separate eyes. And so I think the the few. Um, What do you call it That they took like liberties they did Take made sense within The production uh, and now I can say that I'm actually excited To see this film I'm, I'm not expecting like a ton Out of it but I'm expecting Hopefully something decent something fun uh, And something that's really representative Of Sonic really So I
0: think that's how you have to go into Movies like this this is like How I went into Detective Pikachu you know I wasn't expecting movie of the year material or like the greatest video game movie ever made but i was expecting a good pokemon adaptation and uh hopefully that's what we get with sonic having the design down is probably like your first barrier when making this kind of movie because you know if if the pokemon had looked bad for detective pikachu that would have turned most of us off off from the get-go yeah you know like we said, it's not, like, the greatest movie ever made. It's not even, like, a great movie. It's just a good movie. Yeah. Um. And if you had eliminated the great designs of the Pokemon, <laughs> that would have dropped it down a few uh, notches. Oh, that would
1: have been awful. Like, yeah. Can you imagine, like, going... Like, the movie was no different other than the fact that, like, the design of the Pokemon <laughs> were awful yeah. and trash. Uh, but thankfully, like, you know, the Pokemon company had enough say on what was happening there that... Uh, they probably couldn't deviate too greatly from you they, know the original it, representation. It's
0: kind of interesting too, because like they had an artist uh, online who was doing like realistic depictions of Pokemon, and he was hired on to become part of the movie design process, mm. which is very similar to what ended up happening to our boy Sonic, uh, because Mr. Tyson Hess became a part of the project.
1: And and what what is Tyson Hess's role? Uh, his role in the movie. Well, his role, his career, his occupation. Well, what is, what is he known for?
0: The Sonic Mini Adventures shorts.
1: Oh, which were very good. Very, very good. Very good. good. <laughs> like, oh man. It's uh. it's
0: funny too because he uploaded a drawing or like a a piece of art of his own depiction of what Sonic should have looked like for the movie, mm-hmm. and I believe that was the catalyst that got him. The job yeah because the design he came up with in the end is only very slightly different from the one he originally drew For sure so it, it's kind of awesome to see that like the, the, so- the sonic he drew was basically what we have in the movie now without gloves and maybe a slightly different style shoe so <laughs> they put gloves on him and then tweaked the shoes a bit and that's the sonic we ended up with yeah
1: and they fixed the eyes and the nose and the face overall Yeah um, Yeah, no, again, I'm just really happy That this is Like I, <laughs> As long as I have a decent Sonic To look at in the film Otherwise, like, I can't imagine What that would actually be like Having to sit through a movie that That's probably not going to be incredible And then also have to look at an awful Sonic
0: You know, performances <laughs> aside Like, uh, I forget who is voicing Sonic for this movie, but, you know, he comes off so differently when you have a character that's well-animated.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it feels like an entirely, entirely different character. Yeah. And it's weird how, I don't know, I mean, maybe they went back and redid some of the the lines, but we also heard some lines that we hadn't heard in the first trailer, so...
0: One of the lines that is seemingly gone is, uh, meow? (laughs) Meow? And I can't express how happy I am That that's maybe gone Cause that line does not read I
1: hope it's still there <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I like sincerely hope it's still there Cause I feel like I still want it to be like Like we know we're it's gonna a get a- campy Yeah <laughs> They're like okay we well, we changed the animations And people are really happy about that But we still want everybody to grow With a <laughs> With a line like that Oh man, yeah, I look forward to it. Um we also gotta
0: look at Green Hill Zone.
1: We the- did. We did, and I was like really happy to see that. I
0: it's a very like just true to form Green Hill which, Zone.
1: Which leads me leads me to like my one issue. And this like I think we've had this discussion before on how like a lot of video game movies handle themselves and they're like, what if the video games came into the real world and they're doing it again? Well, I mean, didn't they do that with like Super Mario too? Yep. They went to
0: the dinosaur land. Oh
1: man.
0: The mushroom kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, don't even get me started on Monster Hunter. I'm so angry. (laughs) That movie's coming out next year. Don't forget that. Oh
1: man, and we're gonna see it day one. Oh, I am.
0: <laughs> we're definitely going. If there's
1: IMAX 3D, we're going IMAX 3D. No, I'm
0: paying the highest amount of money. We're gonna
1: see some. Okay, as long as here's here's my here's my my bar for the Monster Hunter movie. Did you get the monsters right? Are they going to look are they going to look really good?
0: That was my baseline for <laughs> Pikachu. That's my baseline for Sonic. It'll be my baseline for the Super Mario Brothers movie though I will hold that to a slightly higher standard. Oh, I
1: hope it's far superior than just everything looking good.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, come on. If the monsters aren't right, what's the point? <laughs> They're the whole identity of that series. Uh, Uh, But that all aside, Sonic the Hedgehog coming out on Valentine's Day 2020. Uh, There's always like a big kind of like pop culture movie that comes out on Valentine's Day every year, and that's always the movie I go see for my birthday. So like Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2... I think the Lego Batman movie was in between those. Uh,
1: I remember in college going to see the Lego movie oh, yeah. for my birthday. That's that was a good a, movie. Oh my gosh, that was too good.
0: Um and for next year it'll be Sonic the Hedgehog, which honestly isn't the worst thing it could have been.
1: Oh man, February fourteenth. They yeah, that'll be a fun one. I yeah. look forward to that. I hope it's snowing.
0: <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah we'll we'll hop on the podcast we'll give you guys our opinions and thoughts on that movie hopefully positive uh, but you, you'd never
1: know we'll have a uh S- sonic stuff podcast a sonic stuff it'll be a extra <laughs>
0: <laughs> so flipping to the other side of the table uh one of the other big things that's happened over the last couple of weeks is that Pokemon Sword and Shield came out.
1: Oh, did it? Yeah. Wait, no. There's no way. They did. Oh, is that what I was hearing the other day when I was sitting in my room and I was playing anything other than Pokemon? Yep. And in the room next to me, I hear some Pokemon. I walk down the hall and I hear some Pokemon above me. Mm-hmm. And then I walk downstairs and I hear more Pokemon. <laughs> <You're And> that's <laughs> like four days. It's really Poke-lonely <laughs> for you right now, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I sat down and watched you play. A good chunk and what i was seeing i was really really enjoying like what are random encounters oh my god <laughs> i'm so glad they're gone they're gone and we don't miss them
0: i didn't even realize leading up to the game coming out that they were completely eliminated yeah
1: not just in the in the wild area. wild area for sure what a
0: <laughs> wonderful choice
1: <laughs> they were like you know what we like how we just run up to them and they don't just keep popping up. Obviously, there are some like encounters that are like, oh, they're in the grass. They'll pop up and surprise you. But even those can be like avoided.
0: They can be avoided. And at the same time, they also offer that same surprise experience you had in the older games where you didn't know what you were going to get. So th- that's still there. So I yeah. feel like this is a great compromise for everyone. Yeah. Uh, I just I'm so happy about not being halted every three steps. With the same animation, the same music, the same Pokemon, <laughs> that I'm just gonna one shot, you know.
1: So the next step for Pokemon is that the raid battles are gonna be like action RPG, uh, and they're also just one hit kills, because you know how <laughs> you, know, I mean, you know how you know how popular Dark Souls has gotten. So I think they should infuse uh, Dark Souls into Pokemon a little. Have you bit ever played Poke Park Wii? Poké Park Wii? No, I've never played Poké Park Wii. Well,
0: there are actual Pokémon battles in that game, and they play out as an action RPG.
1: Oh, no way. So they've
0: actually done it before.
1: Oh, very cool, very cool. Where's our our Xenoblade crossover?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the wild area. Uh, Speaking of the wild area, the wild area is really cool.
1: It's really big. It spans most of the map
0: yeah, so uh, you can get to the wild area very early in the game. They do not wait to give that to you. Um, and, like you said, it's very big., uh, it's divided into different sections, kind of like uh, Breath of the Wilds world map. Mm-hmm. Um, and in each section, there will be different weather events that are taking place, different Pokemon that'll populate it, either you know, if it's raining, snowing, if it's day or night, there's lots of Pokemon. In the wild area. Most of them are Pokemon from past generations. They kept most of the newer ones actually along the routes, which I thought (laughs) was a good idea. Um, Yeah, and it's really cool. When you first show up, they actually have a scripted Onix that shows up that is way overpowered for you. So right away, they just, like, show you that, hey, there are going to be Pokemon that will wipe you out. Right. In fact, I have been wiped out by a beware. (laughs) I tried to capture it. I was, you know, I had enough badges. It was at the maximum level that I could capture a Pokemon. Right. Wiped me out completely. I I think it had to have gone for like 30 or 40 turns, and I just couldn't get it.
1: That's amazing.
0: It Yep. Knocked me out. I got sent back to the opening area of the wild area. They healed my Pokemon, and I was just left with
1: broken emotions. <laughs> no. Um, you know, I've heard a few people talk about how they really haven't, messed with the wild area all that much so can you like avoid it the whole game
0: so there are some things you have to do that are required when you first get there and the only things that are required are finding one of the exits and leaving Mm -hmm. so you don't have to do anything in the wild area it is essentially a completely optional part of the game but like it's such a cornerstone of the game too you know you'd be missing a ton of the experience if you don't go there like mm-hmm. you can when you're walking around there and you have online turned around turned on you see other players walking around and doing stuff in the wild area it's really cool like it is the first steps towards that kind of dream pokemon mmo that we've all had Uh and when you play locally with your friends they show up in the wild area too and you can all see each other you run around it's it's really neat um in addition to that, there's the max raid battles which you can do with mm-hmm. your friends. What's also cool is you can do it with your friends, and then if you have missing, you know, players, uh, it'll just fill them with CPUs, so that you'll right. always have a full team.
1: I've seen some of those; they get some pretty interesting NPCs just thrown in there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and uh, a lot of the times the NPCs seem to just be really OP.
1: I mean, I guess that's a good thing. You don't have the, there's no risk of like, oh there's the really awful NPC (laughs) that they're just going to add to our party and it's going to screw everything up.
0: That's true. You'll never get an NPC that's just going to outright make you lose. Um, But, yeah, you can do that. You can camp with your Pokemon. Um, If other players are around, they can visit your camp while you're there and their Pokemon will show up and you can interact with each other. Amazing. And uh, if you visit someone's camp and they start cooking curry, you will get to cook curry with them. You'll all play the mini game together and get to add all of your ingredients individually.
1: Also incredible! I've yeah. always wanted to cook curry virtually in Pokemon <laughs> with other people. Absolutely, just, just in that manner.
0: Yeah. Um. So, getting away from the wild area a little bit, one thing I noticed about Sword and Shield, um, regarding the wild area, is that the actual routes, the main routes along the game, are short oh because the game encourages you between routes to go back to the wild area right because there will be more wild area for you to explore um which you don't even have to do so the game's like you can either go to the next gym just pass through the short route or go back to the wild area catch some more pokemon huh since more pokemon will be available for you to catch you know every time you get a new badge You know, that's incentive to go back to the wild area. right? So the the routes are short. That's actually something I kind of appreciated because nothing bogs the Pokemon experience down more for me than just being stuck on a route that takes like three hours to get through. (laughs) I mean, I remember like Victory Road from Pokemon Red and Blue just being really long. And it's just kind of a slog.
1: Yeah. And there's none of that in Sword and Shield. It seems like Sword and Shield respects the player's time a lot more. While Rately. still, like, it's a Pokemon game. If you want to get hundreds of hours playing it, you can still do that.
0: I mean, I beat it at 30 hours, and we have people on our Discord server. We have C Average and Josiah. Both of them beat it at 50 hours. Yeah. And there are people who, you know, beat the game pre-release for reasons we can't get into uh, at, like, 14 or 15 hours just because they were rushing it
1: right they just want to get through the game and get the Yes. Yeah, so the score
0: out there this game will fit whatever pace you need it to and i think that's great um pokemon x i mean excuse me pokemon y and pokemon sun both took me over a year to beat just because you know about halfway through the adventure i just you know the the slog kicks in because of oh, some of those areas and it's absolutely. like i don't want to keep going but that didn't happen with me for you know with pokemon shield and that's a great thing if you ask me like if a pokemon game gets me to beat it in like one one short run that's a good thing
1: yeah i again and i think i'm just i'm more appreciative of that kind of game now that like sometimes i don't feel like i can get through a game maybe it just feels like it slogs on too long and uh and other games i'll just eat up in pieces but You know, usually, like, a 20, 30-hour game is is a lot more doable than, like, something that's, like, you have to spend a minimum of 60 hours to get done.
0: And that's not to say a 60-hour game could, you know, is too much. Like, in the case of Dragon Quest XI S, I, you know, I just blew through that game.
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely, but it's really going to take the right kind of game. Like, for example, Outer Worlds, I got through in under 30 hours, and I felt like that was, like... That was it. Like, it wasn't, like, too overtly complicated or too many things to do that were just kind of filler, you know? And and in some ways, I felt that it was a little too short, but I think for the most part, like, it was a really well-paced experience.
0: Well, one of the reasons I bring up Dragon Quest is because, you know, it didn't have random encounters. It -hmm. also really respects the player's time. And one thing that both games do really well is that you never spend too much time doing any one part of the plot. Yeah, like I'm only in City A for like 20 or 30 minutes if I want to, or you know, if I really want to dive in, I can be there for three, four, five hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have to be. Like giving me that choice to spend as much time as I personally want, uh, really just—I mean, we're adults. We don't have as much time as we used to as kids. That's why Paul started the the Busy Gamer Guide because right. it really applies to us now. So. I used to love games that were like 100, 150, 200 hours long as a kid because we had all the time in the world. That's just not the way it is anymore. Yeah.
1: So, I, I mean, I, I would say a lot of those longer games that I still play, it's you know not necessarily looking to beat like a campaign and then yep. be done with it it's like games that have a lot of replayability like isaac or beat saber that kind of thing that i'm going to put a lot of time in uh but when it comes to like okay this game has a beginning and this game has an end and here's an experience like if you want to if you're going to buy this game you're going to want to experience at least this portion right You with know, the main the mm-hmm. main game Uh, and yeah, usually shorter ones are a little bit more like if I know I can play through a game in 10 to 15 hours, like that's like, Oh, okay. I'll just play that one. Uh, because it sounds like it's gonna be a nice one I feel like I finished something uh, having closure like, yeah is really helpful so it's like okay uh, cool I feel good about finishing a game like I'm getting really really close to finishing uh, paper Mario the thousand year door for the first time like really really close and I'm like That's okay like
0: 25 30 hours in that
1: game I think right yeah it's not yeah not a terribly long game yeah yeah
0: yeah like finishing a game is for this in this day and age for me you know it's a rarity yeah uh, I try my best to finish every game I buy because obviously I spent <laughs> my money on that there's so
1: many games want to get my I- time out of it but never finished. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm very happy that I finished Pokemon Shield and that if I'm ready to put the game down, I can just put it down and feel good about it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I've talked to you about this before, like the last few generations, I never finished those games. So I feel like if I'm going to buy Sword and Shield, I should at least like finish Sun first, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm pretty close to the end of Sun as well. Well, maybe I'm not. I don't know where I'm at with Sun it's not
0: the longest game none of the Pokemon games are but like right it, it still is part of that era of Pokemon games that you know don't respect your time as much <laughs> yeah. as newer ones do I mean even like Pokemon let's go Pikachu and Eevee however you feel about those games I personally really enjoyed them but yeah like it didn't take me all that long red and blue aren't long games to begin with yeah but yeah and those didn't have random encounters either I have a feeling, like, random encounters might be one of the biggest parts of Pokemon that was kind of holding me back.
1: Yeah, I I don't think I ever realized it until it, like, finally happened. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is actually something that's really cool. I mean, imagine all those, do you remember all those times, like, drudging through some of those, like uh all that tall grass and like oh how Viridian many encounters force. like oh is this
0: when is this going to end Anytime you had to go through a cave in red and blue was awful yeah <laughs> like 50 60 70 zubats it's way too much but yeah as as far as giving pokemon sword and shield a grade i'm going to give it a solid b+ i think i feel like sword and shield do enough new to make a casual pokemon fan like me You know enjoy the time and the experience the online connectivity features while not perfect in the way they're designed they they're serviceable and you know they're fun like you can create your own tournaments which i think is a really cool thing you can send a link code so like we could do one with the discord server and just have everybody participate and you know i love stuff like that yeah um
1: trading battling it's all there okay so This all sounds great, and obviously I think at this point I'm sold on it. Just got to finish Sun, right? But the biggest question that is holding me back is that uh, can I use my Game Boy Link Cable to trade Pokemon?
0: You know, I'm sure if you tried really hard and you had someone who knew what they were doing, you might be able to.
1: How many, like, hoops would you have to jump through to, like, actually just transfer the data, specifically through a Game Boy Link cable just to trade Pokemon?
0: I wonder, like, how much actual data it is, too, and what's the data transfer rate on that thing? (laughs) Because, like, with Pokemon Red and Blue and all the older games, it just had to be, like, kilobytes if that
1: yeah i mean that sounds actually too big yeah (laughs) especially if you're just sending like a pokemon you know
0: because it what is it you know it's a jpeg with uh with some data
1: (laughs) (laughs) just all its stats yep uh
0: but yeah i think the next generation of pokemon generation nine Will be really when we see how they can take advantage of high definition hardware. Because if mm-hmm. you ask me, and again, this is just you know a speculation on my part, but I I really do feel like Sword and Shield were games that started on 3DS.
1: I could see that. I mean, maybe in the same breath, like, uh, let's go, you know, and then they're like, okay, this is what we have. This mm-hmm. is something we've been working on. Uh, so let's just let's just finish it out.
0: I, uh, yeah, I think whatever they do with Generation Nine is going to be the leap, the one that we thought would be this one. Yeah, um, I, I know you know that gets thrown around a lot with Game Freak. It's like, oh, well, maybe next generation we'll see those those big changes we're hoping for, but I think it's important that they do these things kind of in baby steps because Pokemon is a long-standing franchise with lots of people who are always buying the games. You can't do too many things at once without polarizing the fan base look what happened already even with just a few of the things that changed i know like the pokemon or the pokedex is a kind of a big thing but you know that that's not by choice they had to do that for technical reasons so i i think it's good that they do this Kind of slowly, like, you know, with X and Y, we went 3D, but we still had the grid. Yeah,
1: like, you could, that way you can, like, just focus on, like, what would be the best, like, way to evolve this mechanic or replace this mechanic. Uh, And then, you know, do it little by little. Obviously, getting rid of something like the grid uh, in Pokemon Sun and Moon was just a big thing. Like, why is this, why is this here? You know, we don't need this anymore. It's not serving any purpose. Uh, and, And the same thing with, like, the random encounters. It's not like you have to hide the Pokemon anymore. They can just be there, and you can run into them, you know?
0: And they used Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee as the field test for that. They're like, okay, how could we do this? That would also appeal to new players that are coming from Pokemon Go. And they tried it, and there was a lot of Pokemon on the field at once, and they dialed that back a little bit for Sword and Shield also gave back a little bit of the random encounters and i found a good balance so yep with generation nine i think we'll see some pretty big changes maybe a completely rotatable camera through the entire adventure yeah like maybe the wild area is just your game now i think that's the next step
1: just the whole thing just be one big open world yep well i think i would like for it to move uh in in that direction
0: i think so too this is the test run That's how they do this. Yeah. Uh, But that's enough on Pokemon Sword and Shield's review, but we do need to talk about sales.
1: Yeah. So first three days, 6 million
0: units. (laughs) Sun and Moon, I think, sold 7.2 million in its first week, two weeks.
1: Yeah. And obviously I think this has a lot to do with install base and then also that this is like... I mean,
0: the 3DS would have been higher by that point in terms of the install base oh, for hardware units because Sun and Moon was just a couple years back. The 3DS had been out for six years by then. Mm-hmm. So this is like a monumental feat.
1: No, this is great. I mean, it's the fastest-selling uh, Switch game... In history. Currently, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll see uh, how it goes. I mean, I think Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee and Pikachu sold a little over $10 They had a pretty
0: slow... Because, I mean,
1: it also wasn't like a core Pokemon title, you know? So there was a lot of things. The uh, messaging
0: was clear on that, clearly.
1: Certainly. Uh, But it still sold well. I imagine that this, you know, within two weeks will probably have passed it. I mean, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. um, I think
0: these games have the potential to be the number two behind behind, Mario Mario Kart.
1: Yeah. When I was thinking number two, I was like you know, in terms of uh, sales for just the series alone. Oh, like I don't think it'll yeah. ever pass red and blue, like red and blue. Like, Oh my gosh. But no, could I see, sword, could I see sword and shield like getting past, like, you know, even like something like 20 million. I don't know, but that's definitely on the higher end of it. But, it seems plausible to me, especially with just how the Switch is doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you're also not considering the fact that we haven't even gotten through the holiday season yet.
1: Right? Yeah, like this—it's only a matter of time until That's, every kid gets a Switch Lite and a copy of Sword or Shield.
0: That said, some of these sales could be parents buying the games for their kids and then, you know, wrapping them away and holding off for Christmas. But uh, certainly,
1: but I don't think everybody has done that. I,
0: no, I mean, this is only the first wave. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I, if you've ever worked retail, especially if, like, that retail, like, sells games, like, when you get, like, a Pokemon game in, like, they're going to have, like, boxes and Excess. boxes yeah. and boxes, and they're not going to run out for weeks because they get so many. They're eventually just going to sell out for the most part, but, I mean, there's always going to be more. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, uh, I, I think it'll be even more interesting give us like a month or two, especially after like most of the holidays are like over and we're well into January and see yeah. how it's doing at that point. I, I.
0: Yeah, I do believe that these games could end up at the number two in terms of highest selling Switch software. It mm-hmm. current top is Mario Kart, right?
1: Oh, hands down. Yeah. So There's I've, nothing that has, like, the longevity of a Mario Kart game. Except maybe Pokemon. Well, long, but, I mean, there's eventually a new. There's b- going to be a new Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, except with, like, Mario Kart, it's like you get one on the system, and then it just keeps selling until the system dies, and then it keeps selling
0: mario kart Wii. <laughs> mario kart Wii. so uh, two console generations ago yeah uh <laughs> so yeah i think it'll be safe to call this a number two and i think our eventual number three will be another pokemon game
1: <laughs> i hope so give me more pokemon yeah
0: so congratulations to sword and shield it seems like all of the controversy didn't really affect the sales it
1: it doesn't right the, again like these people who are complaining are gonna buy it anyway because fomo you know
0: yeah so
1: uh enough about that what else we got uh so here's a small bit of smash news so for five days starting on november 29th so two days from now hmm Resident Evil spirits will appear on Super Smash Bros. Ultimate's spirit board for five days.
0: Is it is it just like on the general spirit board, or will it have a? That's what it seems like. Um, So it's not like its own, like the DLC ones.
1: It says starting five days, lasting for five days. Spirits will appear on the game's spirit board. Yeah. So okay. Just the generic old spirit board. That's Um, cool this is cool i mean again this is another way that nintendo can kind of use their games to promote like other games on the platform i mean because at this point like we've got you can buy a triple pack on the switch with resident evil four four, five and and six six. yeah so i mean it's i think did they just announce a resident evil three remake as well
0: that is a rumor Okay, But it is very likely happening
1: So I think it'd be interesting At some point if uh, Any versions of 1, 2, and 3 Also made it onto The Switch
0: Yeah Uh, Yeah I think this is pretty cool Some people are saying that this is a confirmation That no Resident Evil character will be joining the roster Uh, That's dumb
1: (laughs) Yeah I don't think that's the reason Also I never considered a Resident Evil Evil character for Smash
0: You never know
1: Man, there's so many things I could have... uh, It does make me wonder, though,
0: like, you know, if Capcom's got another character on the way. Part of that is a personal bias (laughs) Uh for uh, my boy Monster Hunter or girl. Um, But I really don't think it means anything. I think this is Capcom saying, hey, you want some Resident Evil PNGs? And they're
1: like, sure. (laughs) Oh, no, absolutely. Like, this is, like, really easy content like putting a little bit of a remix on some spirits and
0: and you should never like discount the spirit battles because they're all well thought out for sure and for sure. you know there's over 1300 of them so keep cranking them out it's, it's cool it's more single player content
1: yeah so that's just a small thing uh, another small things yeah i mean outside of pokemon and and uh oh, i guess we never talked about the Game Awards. The Game Awards. Yeah, so I'll mention this, and then we'll talk about the Game sure. Awards. something small, uh, because I'm a puzzle freak. Uh, there's more Doctor Mario World stages coming. Of course. Uh, this might have to be the most forgiving game in terms of monetization. Like, uh, you know, Nintendo's <laughs> been putting some pretty thirsty monetization methods in, like Mario Kart Tour, and then most recently in Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing: Pocket Camp. It's getting pretty bad. Um, but yo two. guys there's always go back to Dr. Mario World free to play and I still haven't spent a dime and I've it's finished pretty over a good game I've spent I've finished like over 200 levels and this will bring the level count up to 360
0: and yeah, that's just going to keep growing
1: it's just going to keep growing it's um, um it's a good game
0: Quickly, to touch on Animal Crossing, there's two different subscription packages, if I understand correctly. I,
1: you might know better than I would. I just heard subscription, and I, I haven't played Pocket ham in forever for a whole th- host of other reasons. One of them is like
0: $3, and the other one is 8 I think one of them gives you access to a, like a fortune cookie shop, like an exclusive one.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and then the other one expands your storage up to 5,000 items. And I'm like, is that it for 8 bucks?
1: Yeah. That's a lot of money. (laughs) It's a lot for a little. Yeah. Like I spend $8 a month on uh, things that get me a lot more, right? Yeah, this is getting bad. That's like a whole video subscription service that you're spending on a single game. What does that net you? Especially something that's so light on actual gameplay. Tell me
0: this. Why isn't this stuff just available for Nintendo Switch Online subscribers? For um,
1: free? I mean, if Nintendo is truly trying to push the Switch, that would be a fantastic way of doing it. If they
0: don't want to do that, why not add an additional four ninety nine to the twenty dollars subscription model and call that the mobile subscription, and just give you access to all of that on their mobile games?
1: Uh, I mean, that's a really good question. I mean, that seems more logical to me. But I'd like to see how much money Pocket Camp and Mario Kart 2 are raking in right now. Uh,
0: Mario Kart's, I'm assuming, making bank because it's Mario Kart. Oh,
1: the, like, downloads are, like, I think it was, like, over 40 million downloads the first month. Holy cow. And then over, like, 86 million the second month. Wow. Yeah, so, like, the downloads are great, and the monetization model is pretty predatory so they're probably making a pretty penny off of these apps right now I mean it's
0: getting bad like if this keeps happening you know I'm going to start having some choice words.
1: Yeah, the my only worry is that this seeps into what Nintendo is doing on their consoles. on their consoles, right? I would hope not. And and again, Nintendo's had their missteps before yeah. in terms of monetization, but, but they, they've never been as egregious as like some companies like EA or Activision. Well, they
0: always make sure especially with their consoles and their home platforms that you are getting a value. When when I go to the store and I buy a $60 cartridge, there's $60 worth of game in there. Um, you know, it could be short, it could be long, but it's quality. That's oh, the difference. absolutely. Um, I don't want to go home with Mario Kart 9 and have to spend $7 a month just to, you know, play a gotcha game.
1: Yeah, give me the I'll, – I'll pay the 60 and then maybe some money for DLC down the line. Of course. And the, but... the DLC on Mario Kart 8 for Wii U was dirt cheap, and you got a oh, lot yeah. of stuff. It was really cheap.
0: But, you know, that's a conversation for another day. Hopefully we don't have to have it, I think, is my main thing.
1: Uh, I... Bro. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> what? Uh, I just... I feel like we're probably going to have this conversation down down the line. That's just like... Uh, I'm a pessimist when it comes to this kind of thing, because it's always that, always that monetization that screws things up. But... Uh, thankfully there are better things to talk about.
0: (laughs) Like the Game Awards. Like
1: the Game Awards. Uh, So we learned about the nominees. Uh,
0: Do you have a list of those available to you? I do. It's
1: actually right here on my phone. Wow. Yeah. Uh, So I guess, I think since this is a Nintendo podcast, uh, we can go through all of these, but I I do want to talk about the Best category first. Can you guess what the best category it is? It wouldn't here? happen to be
0: best family game,
1: dude. it's best family <laughs> game. How'd you guess? Oh, you know, I'm pretty good at that. Okay, so you're not gonna believe this. All right. What is it? Here's Tell the me. list of games okay. that were nominated okay, okay. for best family game. Uh huh. Uh huh. Luigi's Mansion Three. Hmm. Ring Fit Adventure. Ooh. Super Mario Maker Two. Uh huh. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh huh. And Yoshi's Crafted World. Do you know? What the theme is Between all these games I do They're all really colorful I was gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> And they're all Nintendo published titles
0: It's so funny to you Cause like during the live stream <laughs> Jeff in like in his interstitials Between each uh, category He even commented on the fact That, that was Nintendo. his
1: replacement for actually laughing Yeah. <laughs> Cause like that's what this is It's kind of like Why do we why do we have this <laughs> award? You know, I mean, obviously it's like cool. It's the best family. game. Best family game has always been weird for me. It's always been a weird category, but I understand why it's, it's there. It's an important know? category. Yeah. It's like, okay, what's well going to respect your family? while also just being a really, it's a family game. It's fun together, you know, for whatever reasons. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Luigi's <Adventure>. Mansion 3 <laughs> has, a, you know, co-op. Ring Fit Adventures uh choice
0: <laughs> i mean it's a, it's a lifestyle game
1: right right for sure obviously you're gonna put mario maker in there oh yeah that's smash an bros choice. ultimate who doesn't love to get around the tv with their family uh and then yoshi's crafted world
0: i feel like a lot of people don't think about that one much just because it came out so early in the year mm-hmm. um but it is a great game like you should play
1: it <laughs> yeah uh, so, some other categories that Nintendo was nominated in. Uh, let's see here. That's not one. Art Direction, I think. For Art Direction, which had Link's, Link's awakening. awakening against Control, Death Stranding, Grease, oh, Sinar, Wild Hearts. I almost just said Hearts. <laughs> uh, Sekiro, and Shadows died Twice. Uh, that's a
0: pretty, like, good spread of art directions, too Oh,
1: yeah, like, Death Stranding and Secure are kind of grittier Cyanara uh, Wild Hearts is very, like, psychedelic and 80s I mean, um, we should also
0: give Death Stranding some credit for, like, having this really cool identity that only it has
1: Oh, yeah, it's kind of grimy And, uh, and goopy Goopy <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> babies don't, don't get attacked by the goop uh, best score in music uh, Nintendo was nominated for Cadence of Hyrule uh which Was is, Nintendo
0: nominated? Well, oh, it's no, Nintendo's the, the published yeah.
1: publisher so um and obviously it's uh it's a it's a Zelda game right? Zelda music yeah. uh, Also inside that category Death Stranding, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3 And Sayonara Wild Hearts
0: I'm very happy that Sayonara Wild Hearts is getting so It nice. has
1: a very good soundtrack yeah. Considering that whole game is a soundtrack essentially. Yes Also um,
0: hashtag Queen Latifah
1: <laughs> Right? That kind of threw me for a loop <laughs> after I finished it um. Th- okay, I I have to mention this because uh, this isn't Nintendo related, but best performance. This list is so good.
0: Oh, for so, uh, best like
1: vocal performance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also like how they don't have like best voice actor, best voice actress. It's just it's kind best of best performance. voice performance, yeah. right? So they had Ashley Birch as Pravati Holcomb in the Outer Worlds, which mm-hmm. I totally recognized her voice not too long into playing that game. I think she was my
0: vote the year. i pretty. She was nominated for uh, Horizon. For Horizon, yes.
1: yeah. Uh, there's Courtney Hope as Jesse Faden in Control. I still need to play that game. I need to play that too. Uh, Laura, wow, that's Laura it. Bailey. Yeah, Laura Bailey as Kate Diaz in Gears 5.
0: Love Laura Bailey.
1: Uh, <laughs> Matthew Porretta as Dr. Casper Darling in Control. So Control got two, two noms. noms. Norman Reedus to Sam Porter Bridges in Death Stranding. And Here we Mads Mickelson as Cliff. And Death Stranding. Was it any surprise to you that this was my vote? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I honestly, haven't even played the game. <laughs> I think the only reason that I might honestly agree with you is one, it's Mads Mickelson. Gosh, uh, and two, okay. the only other person who I feel like really. Tugs at my heartstrings and really gives me that performance. That's just mm, is Ashley Birch right? She's and, fantastic. And I think the only reason I wouldn't give that isn't even because of her performance. It's just because of the style of game that it is. Yeah. And, um. Even though like her performance of the lines that she had, incredible. Such for for characters uh, that don't have. Amazing facial animation, you know, for like a our bigger RPG like that, uh, you could really, really hear the emotion in those deliveries. Yeah, so I
0: mean, there is one important person that is missing from this list of nominees, oh. and that is the ever lovely. Joe Zija, the voice of Claude in *Fire Emblem 3. oh Houses. yeah,
1: robbed. What the heck? <laughs> robbed. If oh, uh, man. if he had been in
0: the nominee list, I would have given it to him over
1: Mads. Disgusting. I can't believe they do that to him. I
0: love you, Mads. We a
1: sure riot. Yeah, it's disgusting. Fear We're the s- deer. <laughs> okay, well, moving on. Best action game. Uh, Nintendo got a nom, and Platinum Games got a nom with *Astral* St- *Astral Chain*. <laughs> astral stain astral stain uh which is a game that i still really 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 want to play yeah me too um in that category as well as apex legends call of duty modern warfare devil may cry five gears five and metro exodus i
0: gave my vote to apex legends for this one
1: ah yes i think that's a fair one uh not that i've played like (laughs) any of the other ones
0: well i mean like That's kind of where I'm coming from, too. But also, I do think Apex plays that well.
1: Oh, no, it plays incredibly. I mean, it's Respawn. Respawn knows how to make a mechanically sound game, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, It just so happens that the rest of the game is good, too. Uh, Best action-adventure game, Link's Awakening, of course. Uh, Also in that category, Borderlands 3 Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, and Sick Hero Shadows Die Twice.
0: This kind of poses a question. And Mm -hmm. this is a question they actually talked about on the latest episode of Game Explained Real Talk. And I kind of wanted to get your perspective on it because I don't really know where I land on this. And uh, that's because Link's Awakening is a remake. Yes. And it has been nominated for Best Action Game when, in some respects, it is a game that came out 20-plus years ago. Does that unqualify it?
1: I don't think necessarily <laughs> unqualifies or it. Or
0: disqualifies it, rather.
1: But I think that should factor into the decision-making here. Yeah. Uh, like, I did have this question. I'm like, is it the best action-adventure game? It's a remake of a Game Boy game. I mean, you one know? way or the
0: other, like, this probably wouldn't be my vote for the specific category. Yeah. Um, but I ask that because, you know, technically this is a game that is just being iterated on it is built from the ground up in a way that other you know remasters aren't for sure but yeah it's just kind of a tricky question for me
1: yeah i think it's really going to come down to like are you just a big uh zelda fan or have you played these other games like um, the gameplay
0: really didn't change what changed some is more of the the appearance
1: yeah which well i mean that being said like resident evil 2 is also a remake but that also felt like a bigger transformation i mean i would argue that
0: it's fundamentally a different game right in a way that i don't think link's awakening is
1: i think i would agree with that even though i've never played the original resident evil 2 i haven't played a good chunk of the remake and Mm -hmm. uh man that feels like a modern game yeah not just, oh, this is a formula that has worked before. And this and
0: isn't to say I wouldn't think that Link's Awakening um, is deserving, because of course I do, but, you know. It's,
1: apparently it's a good game. I don't know. I finished it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah, I love that game. It's just just an interesting question. Just yeah. wanted
1: to bring that up. Moving on, best fighting game. Uh, Nintendo was nominated for... Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Is it
0: really not going to win this category? I do, bro. <laughs> bro. Let's just be honest.
1: Honestly, the most disappointing uh, thing about this is the one game that didn't get on it and some of the other games that are on it. What game didn't get on it? Um, Soul Calibur 6.
0: That came out last year.
1: <laughs> oh, did it? Yeah. Okay, then never mind. Yeah, we're good. Okay, Dead or Alive 6. Obviously, the winner here. Uh, Jump Force. Mortal Kombat 11 and Samurai Showdown are also some great
0: fighting games came out this year. Jump Force,
1: <laughs> I yeah, I didn't hear a lot of things outside of I remember being really excited for Jump Force just seeing like some of that roster and then it's hearing, the Smash
0: Brothers of Shonen Jump, right? But uh, um, maybe the game isn't as great.
1: So I've heard,
0: uh, which is not to discount um, the devs because for sure, but you know. The game maybe isn't (laughs) as great as it could be. Yeah.
1: Oh, well. Best strategy game, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, Some people
0: were upset that this didn't get nominated for Best RPG, but I feel like this is the right category for it.
1: Yeah, Fire Emblem is definitely more of a strategy game than it is an RPG.
0: They've even kind of like stripped some of the RPG out with Three Houses because there's less focus on the, the marriage and that kind of stuff.
1: Mm, like there's still stats and obviously like a battle system. You're that still role but yeah. not as much. Yeah, it's definitely more of a strategy game, so I don't know why people are getting angry It's going to win that. this category, though. Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> it's a wonderful game. Because the other ones, uh, I mean, I don't know a ton about some of these other games, but here they are. War Groove, Tropico 6, Total War 3 Kingdoms, Anno eighteen hundred and Age of Wonders Planet Fall. I know uh
0: Linus over at Linus Tech Tips really likes Anno, but I've never played it myself.
1: Yeah, it seems like uh kind I like think a a
0: civilization civilization time yeah, type it, of thing.
1: I would imagine that at least like four of these six games are probably too micromanagey for people, most people who are going to be playing something like Fire Emblem or War Groove.
0: Well, that's why strategy kind of needs its own category. Yeah. Um, Fire Emblem is probably the most accessible of the bunch here, <laughs> and that probably gives it an edge. There's also my personal bias, because, you know, I'm a big fan of Fire Emblem. What?
1: So. No. Yeah. I think bias is important. It is important. It's also important to acknowledge it.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Uh, best multiplayer game, Tetris 99. I
0: am so happy that got nominated.
1: <laughs> Uh, Other nominees in the category, Apex Legends, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and Tom Clancy's The Division 2.
0: No Monster Hunter World Iceborne.
1: Yeah. Uh, Going off my gut here, I'm just going to say Apex Legends, but it's good to see Tetris 99 on here because, wow.
0: I think Apex is probably the right choice here. Um, Not to say that Tetris 99 isn't deserving because it's it's untapped potential what that game's doing. Right.
1: So, um, I think in terms of... Game of the Year. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> specifically skipped that one okay. at the start. So, yeah. Other than the Game of the Year, I don't think there's any other. Uh, but for Game of the Year, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, obviously, was nominated. Obviously, others in those category. Uh, Control... Uh, <laughs> Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and The Outer Worlds.
0: I mean, it's a great game. It's, it's a good. S- it's, it seems like a strange choice. It's a
1: good game. I feel like if it was a little more ambitious, because um, it did honestly it felt short. And then there was other things that were. It was a good game. It was a good game. I'll say that. But do I think it deserves Game of the Year? No,
0: I think it's it's when you contextualize it against the other games, oh, right, that it just doesn't feel like it belongs, <laughs> it's like, maybe.
1: Bro. Um, regardless, so I mean, that's
0: that's a fairly good game of the year list, I think, yeah, in a way that kind of puts in perspective what we got this year, yeah. It's not like it's not a 2018 by far, yeah. 2018 was pretty wild, I think, for uh, specifically the other platforms, for a little sure. lowbrow on switch.
1: Yeah, so I look forward to this. I mean, the Game Awards is just around the corner. Uh, It's just
0: a fun show. The
1: only other category that I really care about uh, outside of all the Nintendo stuff is the best VR AR game, which if that doesn't go to Beat Saber, I've lost all faith in humanity. I mean, that said, you don't really have any experience with the other ones. Uh, I have experience with No Man's Sky. Well, I mean, that's No Man's Sky. uh, I wouldn't
0: call it a VR game
1: trover saves the universe is built around a controller uh and it's also coming to the switch it's those other two uh asgard's wrath and blood and truth yeah i mean that's fair those might be like absolutely amazing but also like here's my bias is that i have never played a vr game like beat saber to date there's nothing that has taken advantage of and just played with where the, the hardware is at currently and just really found that equilibrium and something that will live on into the future of VR as well. I'm looking for that in games like Boneworks.
0: Yes. Because Boneworks, I feel like, might be the only other VR game where VR is what makes it possible.
1: Yes, yeah. And, and that's what i look for in, in vr so hopefully nintendo starts putting out some more vr content here uh maybe some high quality stuff in the next few years uh, but that's it about the game awards that show is on december 12th it's a thursday
0: um that evening and i would highly suggest that you watch it if you've never watched it before it's a great show jeff always puts his heart into the program um just celebrating video games which i think is you know fundamentally what we're here for it's very cool um also there are world premieres from you know all your favorite companies nintendo usually has something to show there Mm -hmm. uh and if you're a smash fan specifically i would venture a guess and say our fifth dlc character will be revealed there yeah so yeah make sure you watch the show it's a good time
1: yeah So, a few more things before we wrap up. So, just some smaller things coming to Switch. Uh, Ubisoft has announced that Assassin's Creed Black Flag and Rogue are coming December 6th to the Nintendo Switch.
0: Those are two of some of the best-reviewed games in the series.
1: Yes. Yes. Very, very... Just really got all the things right. (laughs) Black
0: Flag is a very good
1: game. So... Uh, I look forward to seeing, like, I know that on, like, the PS4, you can get, like, the, um, like, the Ezio, Ezio Collection, yeah. uh, which is also a good package of games that I would love to also see come to the Switch, especially since those are older than Black Flag and Rogue. Yeah. Um, That would be very cool to
0: see. Ubisoft seems like they're just kind of trying to get all of their stuff, you know, their legacy content on there. Yeah. So I think we'll see those.
1: Yeah, yeah I think. I definitely think so. Uh, we will see the Nintendo Switch version of Elder Scrolls Blades uh, in early 2020, as it has been delayed. Uh, just something else that I'm passively interested in. Um, I have,
0: I was part of the beta for uh, uh, the closed beta for Elder Scrolls Blades, and it's a pretty neat little game for for a mobile game. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting the Elder Scrolls experience while I'm playing. Um, that said, I don't know if I would be that excited to play it on, like, a, a home platform because mm-hmm. it feels like it really was designed with the mobile experience in mind. Okay. That's not to say that it's a bad thing that it's coming to Switch. It's just, you know, another option, yeah. like especially if you don't have a phone who could, that could run the game.
1: Yeah, especially if it's, like, you know, if you want a little bigger screen as well and just have it, you know, mobile.
0: I think it will also support motion controls because the, the game... You know, use the touchscreen to Mm -hmm. to attack and defend. So if you
1: want to play on the TV, you have that option too.
0: which I I think that I kind of think is like the selling point for me Mm -hmm. in terms of playing it on a home platform. Um, But, I mean, overall, the important thing is we're getting another Elder Scrolls game on the system, and it's always good to have stuff like that.
1: Uh, A few other things... Uh, Alien Isolation is coming to the Switch on the 5th that of December. Me. Yeah. Uh, it'll be thirty-four ninety-nine, dollars uh, which is a reasonable... Not bad. Yeah, that's one of the more reasonable port pricings <laughs> that we've ever gotten. Yeah. Like, instead of just, oh, it's here's a $60 game, because that's what they could have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they chose not to, so good on those devs slash publisher on... Being a little bit more reasonable on that pricing, a uh, game that I have not gotten the chance to play, and if it runs well on Switch, that might have to be the platform I play it on. Uh, the very last thing that we talked about, which I thought was uh, more interesting for you, and also made me want to watch a anime uh, that I've been told to watch uh, in Japan, yes. there has been some content, some crossover content. Uh, with Damon Ex Machina, there is some Code Gias Lelouch of the Rebellion content.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, it's a character costume as well as um, <clears throat> like an actual mech. So the character costume is Suzaku Kudougi, which is the it's the foil to the protagonist in Code Gias Lelouch of the Rebellion. So you have Lelouch and you have his uh, friend and foil Suzaku Kurudugi. So Lelouch is. Um, he's Britannian so he's, um, he's English and then you have Suzaku who's born Japanese mm-hmm. and the conflict in that show is between the nations um, but these two people you know they're friends and they're kind of bridging that gap Right. so Suzaku Kururugi he pilots the uh, the mech called the Lancelot uh, and you get to use that in Daemon X Machina and I thought that's really cool cause uh, the mech designs in code, in code Geass are really cool um, all of the mechs kind of have their own personalities, even mm. though they're not characters. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see some of that content come over to Damon X Machina. I think it's a, a great crossover piece.
1: Yeah, it's a good way to push Damon X Machina, which I feel like kind of got shafted in a lot of ways. Upon it, release. Ca- it
0: came out at a bad time, Yeah, I think, is what it really comes down to, and some of the marketing around it. Just, that first demo kind of yeah. you know, had people not feeling great. Yeah. Um, Even the second one, not as much, but you know that development team, they really did try, and Mm -hmm. they're still trying, and I think it's important to acknowledge that. Yeah,
1: hopefully this is a game that can succeed over time, and uh, I still hope to get the chance to really play it, but just definitely not on my list. I'm honestly surprised that another
0: anime didn't have a crossover collaboration before this one, and that being Neon Genesis Evangelion, because this is clearly like inspired by the visual design of that series that
1: would be incredible
0: <laughs> yeah like why can't i pilot an ava unit one
1: uh, there's a pokemon based on
0: ava unit one maybe now.
1: there's just that much prestige when it comes to it you know like yeah. just i who i don't know you have to go through to do you have to go through Onno?
0: that's a good question <laughs> who do you go through for that
1: just go through the creator like yo can we get some crossover content, or is there like you know who deals with that kind of stuff?
0: Well, maybe they can make something happen. That said, I hope this isn't the only thing specifically from Code Geass that we get. Uh, we don't get one specifically from Lelouch because Lelouch doesn't really have a mech to call his own. Uh, so they, you know, they went with Suzaku instead, which I think is also a great choice. But there are other mechs from Code Geass that I think that they could pull from that would be cool to see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a that. I mean, that alone gets me more interested in playing the game because. I've always thought about what if we had a Code Geass game that was kind of exactly like this. Make it happen. Yeah,
1: their next game is just going to be a straight-up Code Geass game, right? <laughs> Why not? That would be pretty dope. Um, well,
0: one thing I do want to talk about before we wrap up. Oh, okay. Oh, did you have something? No, you're good. Okay. I'm just
1: being troublesome.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, there's a game I've been playing that I do want to kind of bring oh, up. Oh, Pokemon? Yeah, besides that. <laughs> <laughs> that I feel like not enough people know about, and I kind of want to give it some love and also. Do I know
1: about this game? Yeah.
0: It's called AI the Somnium Files. What kind of game is that? AI the Somnium Files is a visual novel.
1: Wait, so there's pages in the Switch that you turn the pages to the novel? There with? are
0: pages of programming that you <laughs> use. Okay. So it's a visual novel. It's a 3D visual novel developed by Spike Chunsoft. Um,. So it's a little different than your traditional visual novel. Like I said, the it's three D modeled. You're in actual environments. The characters move. They're animated. They talk with voice acting, um, and it's a little bit similar to Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about investigating murder cases. You play as a as a police officer in an unknown. Uh, part of the organization that is, you know, hidden from the rest of the world, including the rest of the police department. So basically what they do is they sink into people's dreams. So say I think that you're a suspect in my case and that you might have something to do with the murder I'm trying to, to solve. Well, I bring you in for questioning and then I sink with you. And that plunges me as a third party into your dream. And then I deconstruct your dream in order to uncover the truth. And that's a completely, like, different gameplay element in the game other than just the main, like, reading the text, talking to characters. Right. Um, and this game gets weird. <laughs> when you go into <laughs> dreams, like, you know, it's it's a dream. Reality and logic... Break down. They break down. So, like, you'll you'll have to do a series of tasks, complete a mission inside the dream in under six minutes... So you have six minutes, moving around causes the time to to start going down, but if you don't move, it ticks down at one, I think like one millisecond every second, and when you start moving time goes at normal speed. Right. But when you find an object, something you can interact with, you hit A to interact with it and then you're given a series of choices. See, Say you find a box, you can push the box, you can kick the box or maybe you will wrap to the box. I mean, like, the options get really silly. Um, (laughs) One of them in the one I just did, like, it it gave me the option to input like a fighting game combo (laughs) onto a lever. Um, But those options cost different amounts of time. So basically you're experimenting with the objects in the world in order to try and complete the mission. And, you know, things aren't always gonna do what you expect them to. So you have to risk time on the clock in order to figure those things out. So that's kind of like your punishment for being wrong. Um, It can be a little bit of hit or miss in in the Somnium. They're called Somniums, by the Mm -hmm. way, Uh, because those things are very obtuse. Uh, But the game's pretty forgiving. It gives you these power-ups called timies, which... Of course. Yes. So, like... (laughs) You can use a half timey on an action to drop the amount of time required for that action by half. Um, they come in different amounts. Some of them are actually like reverse timeys, where they make it worse, where it might double or triple the time instead. Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically just a a visual novel with similarities to Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. There's no like court case segments. There are interrogation segments, which are similar to the court cases where you have to provide evidence and kind of prove your point. Um but it's it's a really cool game. I mean like I'm liking it a lot. It's the same guy who did 999 uh zero time dilemma and zero escape. That okay. series of games, so if you're familiar with that, you should really like this. I think my only complaint is that some of the jokes are not age appropriate and they kind of they they hit it a little too hard for me in, okay. s- in some ways like
1: I mean, I think, I mean, I think like even if like it's an age appropriate joke, like sometimes it's just like it goes too far. It just gets less funny, you know? Yeah. So I get it.
0: Uh, Nintendo on in the chat, friend of the show, says he's played AI The Samian Files. He loved it. It's such a weird and abstract game, all from the confusing master Kotaro Uchikoshi. Uh, he also penned an anime called Punchline. I was told from another Uchikoshi fan, and in fact, the person who lent me the game so that I could play it that maybe we shouldn't talk about punchline. (laughs) So I'm kind of curious about that. Um, But yeah, I'm really, really loving this game. Um, I think I'm about a third of the way through it. It has branching paths like other visual novels do. But this game actually requires you to play all of them in order to beat the game. Oh. So you will, like, come to a point in a route where the game's like, have you done this other thing yet? because we're going to spoil some stuff that you're not going to want to know about. So we yeah. will shoot you over to the other route and make you play that first.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, the game also like plays a little bit with uh, alternate universe theory. And I think that thematically is fitting into the different branching paths stuff. So yeah, it's, it's cool. And, uh, the presentation leaves a little bit to be desired sometimes because the animations are very janky. Oh,
1: they're so, they're really stiff from what I've seen. It's yeah, very, it's funny, very especially stiff. when like some of the actual performances, like vocal performances, are so good. They're really good. And yeah. a, a lot of
0: the uh, voice actors you might recognize um, uh, I think his name is Justin Briner. He voices uh, Izuku Midoriya in My Hero Academia, the English dub. He voices a fairly prominent character in the kind of first section of the game. Um yeah, all the performances are really solid that really sells the plot. Yeah. And a lot of the the humor too. There's some really funny moments. Absolutely. There's a kid. Actually it's the same kid I just mentioned. Um he gets on your nerves when you first meet him. Uh and (laughs) and like you wait for him to do something, or there's like a pause in the conversation, and you get an option that says punch him (laughs) and you select it and your eyeball eye bug gets mad at you. Uh, You have an eyeball named IBun she talks to you. Um, And then after that, you get another option. Kick him. (laughs) It's just funny stuff like that. It's definitely an enjoyable game. You should get it. I think it's on sale right now on both Switch and PC. Yo. Uh, Just be aware that the Switch version does suffer from some pretty intense frame rate drops at times. I mean,
1: thankfully, it's not the kind of game that, you know really requires that kind of stuff
0: it is a visual novel so it's not really the worst thing in the world but just be aware of that um yeah that's that's really it play the game i think you'll like it
1: well that's just great to hear uh i can't wait to have money for more games to buy uh in the meantime i still have a ton of games
0: the entire ace attorney trilogy (laughs) i
1: have the entire ace attorney trilogy on my switch I have Paper Mario that I still need to finish. Right I have Horizon now. Zero Dawn. I have Nier Automata. So there's no um, loss of games uh, that I could finish. I just hope that along the road I don't end up breaking my back.
0: Please don't because we got to break in the games. But for now, I don't have time to do this. You say it, Logan.
1: <laughs> um, you know, it just left me again. You know, don't break your backs. <laughs> Breaking the games. Breaking the games. But But for now. Break time's over, man. We'll see you guys next (laughs) time.